Hi, this is Chad Dull. Welcome to my Poverty Informed Podcast. Well, I have to uh, say it's been a while since I've actually put a podcast together. Um, there's been a lot going on uh, between just life and work, and I have some very exciting kind of personal and professional things happening that maybe I'll get to tell you about down the road. Um, but I wanted to, to do something a little different today. Uh, typically in these podcasts, I share something I've written before. Um, and today I, I'll talk a little bit about something I wrote, but I really want to tell you a story, uh, sort of a story that informs what I believe uh, a poverty-informed leadership frame looks like, Uh, what a place, a school like mine that's trying to be poverty-informed, kind of where that frame comes from. Um, And it's in this notion that I've kind of settled on in the last year or so that we're moving beyond telling people they're welcome on our campuses, in our places of business. Um, if we're doing equity correctly, if we're doing poverty informed correctly, we're making it clear that those same people are wanted. Um, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about it, but really what it, what it starts with is about a week ago I started thinking about when I began my career in education. Um, way back I started out as a daycare teacher, but my first real adult job was as a second grade teacher. Um, and I had a class of 19 students. Uh, and I, I liked them, and I was exhausted the whole year. And uh, uh, it seems a little odd to say in 2021, but sick with every virus I could get that year, as a lot of new teachers in a grade school are. Uh, but it's been more than 20 years ago. And I think about that year, and I think about this little guy in my class. And I, I, I won't use his real name. We'll call him Bradley today. But Bradley came to school just about every day. Um, he hardly ever had clean clothes on. And he would just talk. He was a talker. Uh, as a matter of fact, we had sort of a routine. Um, wherever I was in the classroom doing my thing, uh, every day pretty much, and sometimes multiple times a day, I'd hear a voice from across the room to go, hey, Mr. Dull. And, and depending on my mood, I'd respond right away, or I might sigh a little bit under my breath and go, yes, Bradley. And he would say, I like you, Mr. Dull. And I would always say, well, I I like you too, Bradley. And we'd try to move on. Um, I was pretty close to this young man, and he would tell me things. He would tell me stories about his house, uh, how they didn't always have enough food, um, about they'd recently had twin babies in the house, and uh, sometimes he would tell me that his mom didn't get up in the morning uh, or didn't get in the shower for days. Um, And he told me his dad worked overnight at a, at a food processing plant nearby. Uh, he told me, I remember very clearly telling me about a sewer backup in his house where they all had to sleep in one room because the rest of the house was unusable. And he showed up in consistently dirtier and dirtier clothes all the time. And I was a new teacher and not sure what to do. Um, I knew then, and I know even better now, that really the enemy here was poverty. And I had some of my own background to, to draw on, but I was watching this seven-year-old child being kind of labored as a behavior problem. 
when looking back now, I could see it was just a family without many resources. I, I would guess, I'm not a psychologist, but his mom likely had postpartum depression and dad was just trying to hold it together. So I did what a new teacher would do. I went to the resource people in my school and I asked what we could do. And their suggestion was that we call human services and report possible child neglect. That never felt like the right solution to me. And I know schools do better now and I don't think anybody had bad intentions back then. You know, I think now that family needed help and they, I didn't need to put them in trouble to get it. I wish I'd known how to do better back then. But think about Bradley a lot. You know, I think about that notion of him having to tell me every day that he liked me and it being very important that I say it back. And so what does this have to do with being poverty informed other than a story about a kid I cared about 20 years ago? Well, it actually shapes what I believe students of any age need. So this young man was in tough circumstances and he needed to know that he belonged, right? It's not easy to show up in school in dirty clothes. It's not easy to be the one who blurts out and maybe doesn't behave the way you're expected to. So I think our little banter about liking one another was really him checking at age seven that he was wanted in my classroom and in our school. I think he might have been afraid that people didn't want him to be there because he wasn't great at following rules and school was hard for him. Making sure we liked each other multiple times a day was his way of checking. So when I think about leading the college, I think we want to make sure that our students know they're wanted, not just welcome. Now, I've, I've talked about this before, and, and I know some folks will tell me that doesn't seem like a big difference, but I think it's everything. If you're as old as I am, you can clearly remember when we used to talk about tolerance, when we talked about diversity and differences among people. I hope most of us now would think that even if we had good intentions, tolerating differences isn't enough, right? There's a pejorative nature to that word. Um, I think now, you know, the idea of embracing difference, of being equitable is much more the goal. And that difference between where we were with tolerance and where we are now, I think we're going to feel the same way in the near future about the word welcome versus the word wanted. You see, I work at an open access institution, which means to me it's crucial. We create a feeling of belonging and a sense of being wanted. A community and technical college is part of and reflects the community you live in. We have to work every day to make sure our students can see themselves where we are. That's the promise of a college like ours. Of course you're welcome here, but more than that, you're wanted here. That seems important to me. I, I hope that it resonates with you. It's not enough to just open the doors, right? If you want the widest group of people, then you spend time figuring out what they need and you figure out ways to provide it. You listen, you respect the lived experience of those people. It's challenging, but it's a difference, right? Uh, a lot of times when I talk about poverty-informed practice, I talk about this notion of loving the students you have. I think this is a reflection of that. That welcoming people to your campus or to your business or to wherever 
is nice. It's wonderful to be welcome. But as someone who suffered from a little bit of imposter syndrome his whole life, I can tell you it's much different to feel wanted there. Can I see things there that indicate people like me are supposed to be here? Can I have that feeling when I'm with you? A place where folks are not just welcome but wanted is a big deal. So I didn't stay at the school I started my career at. Um, so I think about that guy, that little guy Bradley. Uh, he's an adult now. I suppose he's sneaking up on 30 years old. And, and I wish I knew where he ended up after our year together. I do remember he gave me a hug on the last day of school. You know, second grade, there's a lot of, uh, do you want to give me a hug or a high five as you're heading out? And I remember on that day, when he hugged me, he said, I love you, Mr. Dull. And I didn't sigh or roll my eyes when I, I told him, I love you too, Bradley. But even like today, I did kind of pretend there was something in my eye that was making it water. You see, for that year in that classroom, a seven-year-old boy knew he belonged and he knew he was wanted. A poverty-informed college the college I want to lead, make sure that every student knows the same thing. You're not just welcome here. You are someone we want here. And we can't wait to be your partner in helping you be who you want to be.